just something that's heavy on my heart out of the book of James in chapter number three. And uh, just kind of a, uh, I don't know how, if I'll even get in preaching gear tonight, but I'm going to preach tonight on the biggest troublemaker in this church. James, the book of James, the book of James in chapter number three. And uh, preach a little bit tonight on the troublemaker in this church. Amen. Chapter number three in the book of James. James, probably the first book written in the New Testament, somewhere around 45 to 50 A.D., and uh, he was a great leader, leader in the church of Jerusalem, and uh, he was martyred and uh, thrown from the temple roof and then clubbed to death because he would not deny the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, this book is a book about Christian living, and uh, I know that there's been some that try to do away with this epistle or say it doesn't apply to this, that, or the other. But as I preach this morning out of the book of Numbers, all scripture is given by inspiration of God, and God would not have it here if we did not need it. But we need this chapter I'm about to preach out of a little bit tonight. You see in chapter number one what a believer does when they're in trouble. You can see in chapter number two what a believer can do in truth. But you see here what a believer does with their tongue. And so when you preach about this, I think everybody... Uh, you say, preacher, uh, you know, who's the biggest troublemaker in this church? Well, I promise you, they are here tonight. Amen. Chapter number three of the book of James said, My brethren, be not many masters, knowing that we shall receive the greater condemnation. For in many things we offend all. If any man offend not in word, the same is a perfect man, and able also to bridle the whole body. Behold, we put bits in the horse's mouth, that they may obey us, and we turn about their whole body. Behold also the ships, which, though they be so great and are driven to fierce winds, yet are they turned about with a very small helm, whithersoever the governor listeth. Even so the tongue is a little member, and boasteth great things. Behold, how great a matter a little fire kindleth. And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members, that it defileth the whole body, and setteth on fire the course of nature, and is set on fire of hell." For every kind of beast and of birds and of serpents and of things in the sea is tamed and hath been tamed to mankind. But the tongue can no man tame. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. Therefore we, there we bless God, even the Father, and therewith curse we men which are made after the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceedeth blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not so to be. Doth the fountain send forth at the same place sweet water and bitter? Can the fig tree, my brethren, bear olive berries, either of vine figs? So can no fountain both yield salt water and fresh. And I'll stop reading there and preach, as I said, about the biggest troublemaker in this church. Not only is he or she the biggest troublemaker in the church, he or she is the biggest troublemaker in every church. If you've got a problem in a church, I promise you, you can trace it down most of the time because something that somebody has said, uh, something that somebody is doing with their tongue. And this message will prompt every one of us to do a self-evaluation 
and look at our motives on why we say what we say and who we say them to. What is our motive? And I like, again, I don't know how much preaching I'm going to be doing tonight, but I'm going to share this with you because God's put it on my heart. Look at the importance of the tongue. He said, my brethren. And so these are, this is written to save folks. These are saved people that he's writing to. And he said this, my brethren, be not many masters, knowing that we shall receive the greater condemnation. The word master there means teachers. And we got a lot of people today, they're trying to teach some things and they want the spotlight and admiration and maybe self-exaltation, but they really uh, don't have any business teaching uh, because they do not have uh, the maturity that they should have to be able to teach. I appreciate the teachers that we have here at Concord Baptist Church. We make a big deal out of Sunday school, and I appreciate every Sunday school teacher that we have that is able to teach. But if you're going to be able to teach, you got to do that by example. And one thing that you can do is just keep your mouth shut. Keep your lips buttoned. Keep your tongue uh, uh, to yourself. I mean, don't share words and don't tear people down and don't destroy people with your tongue. You look at the responsibility here, there's a great responsibility with handling the Word of God. And you see that because you're doing that with your lips. You're doing that with your mouth. You're doing that with your tongue. You're leading people in the right way. And the Word of God should not be taken lightly. Of course, you got to be called to do that and you will be rewarded for that. As they sing tonight, the God keeps a record. There is a record book. And thank God I know my name is in the Lamb's book of life because I've been saved by the grace of God. But what should sober us all up tonight is understanding that God does keep a record of what you and I say. Matthew 12, verse 36, he said, But I say unto you that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give account thereof in the day of judgment. This and the Jews were trying to teach people things that they knew very little about. And we need to be very careful with our words. We need not to be loose with our words. I, I don't think there's a time that I've preached where I've not looked back and said, man, I hope that came out right or that didn't come out right. But we need to be very careful to guard our lips and we need to be very, very careful because our words can be used for the glory of God, uh, but they can also be damaging if we rest the scriptures and misuse the word of God. Uh, you know, you can tell lies with your tongue and you can spread ruin with your tongue that would lead to a broken heart and God's given us a great opportunity of speech to tell people about the Lord Jesus Christ. He's given us uh, the being that we have. He's given us a mouth that we can glorify God. He's given some of you the privilege to sing and the opportunity, not only a song, but he's given you a tune uh, to go with it as well. And you can bless the Lord and you need to do that. Amen. You need to do that if God's blessed you to be able to sing, if God's blessed you with good speech and bless you with a good dialect and bless you uh, with a gift to be able to be a great orator, you ought to use that for the honor and glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. You can lead people to God by telling them about Jesus Christ, but you can also lead people astray by using your tongue not wisely. God has given us a great speech. We can praise God with our lips. Uh, we can produce and we can proclaim the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. We can produce good works with our lips. We can glorify God with that and we can preach and pray and we can sing and shout. We can pray unto God. We can do all of those things with our mouth, but we need to understand that the tongue is very, very influential. It's important, but it's very influential. 
The Bible said in verse number 3, Behold, we put bits in horses' mouths that they may obey us, and we turn about their whole body. Behold also the ships. And he goes through here, and he gives the influence, and he talks about very powerful things. And he makes some comparisons here with large objects that are controlled by very small things. And that's really how the tongue is. We look at this, and we look how powerful that our tongue can be. And we look how it has the power to direct. You look at Judges' verse. When they send that verdict, they do that with their tongue and with their mouth and with their speech. When they send that verdict out, it is final. I mean, it is final when the verdict uh, is levied against an individual. You think about how the, that uh, parents will say yes or no. You think about how that the preacher will sometimes, and he'll get up and he'll say, here's what the Bible says, and what are we going to do with it? These are powerful words that the preacher is preaching. These are powerful words that the people have who are in authority, and, and you you can see how powerful that the words are today. You can see somebody that will pass judgment against somebody when a judge passes it and they sentence them to life in prison, they're not getting out. I mean, it is something that has been levied against them because you see how powerful and how influential that the tongue is. It has power to direct. And when, the James, when James talks about our nature and he talks about these things that are found in these scriptures, he talks about the nature, he talks about our spirit, and he speaks at least about that. He's talking about how our nature is. And it is our nature if you've never been saved by the grace of God, you've got to have a new nature given unto you. You have gotten two natures if you're saved. You're given the nature of the Spirit of God. The very divine nature of God is inside of every individual that has been saved by the grace of God. If you're not saved, you only have one nature. But I got news for you tonight. If you are saved and you still got two natures, it's your old man, that old nature that's not been eradicated and he is alive and well and sometimes what they want to do and that old man will rise up and that nature will rise up with you and say let me put my two cents in let me say something let me straighten something out I tell you what we need to do sometimes uh, we need to just button our lip amen amen Psalm 141 and verse 3 said, Set a watch, O Lord, before my mouth. Keep the door of my lips. Incline not my heart to any evil thing. Matthew 12, 34 said, O generation of vipers, how can ye being evil speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, thy mouth speaketh. You know, here's what's in, whatever's in here, whatever's in your heart, it is going to come out. I tell you, I don't understand these people uh, that say they're saved and, and say that they're right with God. I mean, that seem to be religious and I know there's a lot of people like that. I mean, there's a whole lot of people that seem to be religious. There's a lot of people, in verse one, number 26, if any man among you seem to be religious and bridleth not his tongue but deceiveth his own heart, this man's religion is vain. That means it is empty. You see somebody that cannot control their tongue. You see somebody that talks all the time. You see somebody that runs somebody down all the time. You see somebody that all they do is tap, tap, tap all the time. I mean, chatter, chatter, chatter. Run this and down. Tear this and down. Tear this and down. According to the Bible, that man's religion is vain. That means it is empty. That's exactly right, friend. I mean, listen, I, I don't understand. All that, that has been, you know, that that's, people talk about, and, and I don't understand why in the world. I can't get by with a bad thought, let alone, let alone saying things. 
I mean, I can't, I can't say anything, you know, many times that me and my wife, you know, every once in a while, I mean, every once in a blue moon, I mean, every once in a while, well, you know, uh, you know how it is if y'all married. If you don't know, amen, well, you'll get that way. I, I'm just, you know, every once in a while, the Spirit of God say, don't say it, don't say it, don't say it, don't say it. And I'll say it, and then I'll say, why did I say that? Because the Spirit of God grieves me. But thank God the Holy Ghost is on the inside of me saying, don't say it. Hey, I tell you what, hey, let me say something. You don't have to put a name to it. You can broadcast it out there for everybody to see. You don't have to put a name to it. Amen. I mean, all you got to do is, well, you know, all that is, all that is is, is sowing chaos and discord. Amen. That's all that is. Amen. All right. Amen. Everybody love you, mama. All right. It can be a blessing. Never underestimate the power of the tongue. I mean, listen, you know, a woman at the well, she got saved and went back in and said, come see a man that told me all things. Is not this the Christ? The Gadarene, he got saved in Mark chapter number five. And somebody said he went, he went in the track business. He, he, he began to publish it in Decapolis. That means he went in broadcasting. He said, extra, extra, hear all about it. Jesus is here and I'm here to shout it. He went in and told people about Jesus and many believed because of that testimony. But also, all also, you think about how powerful, if it's that powerful, that the word of a testimony can, be, can result in people getting saved by the grace of God, how powerful is that tongue to destroy people? And that's what James is talking about. He has power to destroy. Man, the Bible said in verse number five, even so the tongue is a little member and boasteth great things. Behold, how great a matter a little fire kindleth. Proverbs 16, 28, a forward man soweth strife, and a whisperer separateth chief friends. I tell you, there's some things that don't need to be shared with everybody. There's some things that need to be kept in-house. There's some things that need to be kept inside these walls of this church. There's some things that need to be kept inside the walls of your house. Amen. There is. It's exactly right. Proverbs 10 and verse 19, and the multitude of words, there wanteth not sin. But he that refraineth his lips is wise. Ephesians 4.29, let no communica corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the edifying. And what James uses here, he uses an illustration of a fire. And I don't know if you've ever had that happen to you, and, and I won't go into great detail, but I have had that happen. I mean, uh, you know, cutting hay, and it's probably too dry, and you got a piece of metal there, and I mean, you're running a disc mower, and uh, about that time, I mean, it wasn't your fault. I mean, it just it just came up and metal hit metal and the spark flew. I tell you, once you get once you get a fire started, it is hard to get out. And when the wind goes to blowing, you can't get it out. You've got to have help, and it's destructive. You think about what fires have done out in California. Somebody being careless about something that they've done and something they should have never done. I mean, they should have been uh, they should have been aware of their surroundings. But they started a fire and then it led to homes destroyed and it's led to destruction and it's destroyed great forests and it's de destroyed habitats and stuff like that because of being careless. Well, that's what James says. James says, you're starting a fire and I'm telling you, friend, sometimes those fires are very, very hard to get put out. Someone said the gospel will not allow us to pay our enemies in their own coin and give them wrath for wrath much less will it suffer brethren to spit fire at one another's face. 
No, when any such embers of contention begin to smoke among Christians, we may know who left the spark. No other but Satan. He's the great kindle coal of all their contentions. Proverbs 26 said, Where no wood is, there the fire goeth out. So where there is no tailbearer, the strife ceaseth. As coals are to burning coals, and wood to fire, so is a contentious man to kindle strife. Fire will burn you. Fire will hurt you. And fire will spread. Think about the lives that's been destroyed by malicious words, fueled by envy, jealousy, contentious. But at the end of the day, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and spiritual wickedness in high places. And we understand, and I know, you know, the devil don't make you do it because you don't have to say it, but the devil will put things in your mind. The devil will plant things in your mind, and you don't have to have, you don't have to say everything that you think because I promise you we need to all, and I say all of us probably need to stop just a second and reevaluate our speech and what we've been saying. Romans 1 and verse 29 said, Being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whisperers. That's a secret slanderer. Don't tell nobody, but. That's a secret slanderer. Whisperers. Backbiters. That's a defamer, an evil speaker. Haters of God. How would you like that? How do you like that? How would you like that put it at your record? Listen to the category that people who do that, whisperers, that's a secret slander. Backbiters, that's a defamer and evil speakers. And right before haters of God is the word backbiters. Despiteful, proud, boasters, inventor of evil things, disobedient to parents. Backbiters attack from behind. They go behind somebody's back. That's what a backbiter does fire just keeps on spreading. Psalm 101 verse 5 said whoso privately slandereth his neighbor him will I cut off. Him that hath a high look and a proud heart will not I suffer. I tell you this, you want your plate full of problems? I mean if you want to be in solitude when you need somebody to help you, just keep on talking. If you want your plate full of problems and we got enough problems our, our, our own self. We got enough problems with the world, the flesh and the devil. But if you want a plate full of problems if you want issues going on in your life, whether it be health, whether it be financial, whether it be being attacked, I mean, listen, I, I tell you a lot of times, we need to understand we're going to reap what we sow. It is going to come back on every one of us. You tear somebody down, somebody is going to tear you down. I do not know of a greater example than Brother Allen. I mean, I never heard him say anything bad about anybody. Now, Miss Jimmy, sometimes we'd be there talking about something, and he would say, you need to be careful, and then he'd, and then he'd wink. You know how he winks. You know, he'd wink at you, and that'd be it. Preacher, what do you think? And he'd, and he'd just say, what you you know, and he'd give you that wink, and you knew. I mean, that's, that's about, but he never did. He never did run nobody down. You know why? Because he said, I don't want to have to give an account of that, and he didn't want to grieve the Holy Spirit of God. If you are saved, it will grieve you when you're going to say something that is against somebody. It will grieve you if you're going to say that, and, and that, that, that on the inside of you is saying, don't say it. You should not say that. Don't say that. I tell you, when you say it and you're running people down, it does not make you better. 
It doesn't make you feel better. It doesn't give you victory. What it does is when you say it, you say it because it's in your nature to do it. It's in my nature to do it. But when you say it, you feel like you've robbed a bank. And then you get by yourself and the Lord deals with you. And I mean, you said, why did you say that? You know you shouldn't have said that. Man, that is right. Man. Psalm 101, who so privately slandereth his neighbor? Running them down. If you, go, if you want problems in your life, you're going, to have, you're going to have enough without it. If you want problems in your life, Proverbs chapter number 6 and verse number 16, these six things doth the Lord hate, yea, seven are an abomination unto him, a proud look, a lying tongue, and hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that deviseth wicked imaginations, feet that be swift and running to mischief, a false witness that speaketh lies, and he that soweth discord among the brethren. That's what God hates. That ain't what Brother Randy hates and what the preacher said that, that, that somebody else hates. That's what God hates. He hates that. So when you want to run somebody down, you want to tear somebody down, you get serious about it and you'll watch your mouth, amen. God's serious about hurtful speech. We cannot afford to take it lightly. You cannot afford to take it lightly. It's in our best interest as individuals that believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. It is in our best interest to say things that please God about one another. And I guarantee you what will happen in your life will be a whole lot more peaceful. It does not bring peace in your life. It brings defilement. It brings destruction. It brings chaos. Amen, it does, according to the Word of God. It has power to defile. The tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members that it defileth the whole body and setteth on fire the course of nature. There it is, and it's set on fire of hell. James works in this text to get us to a place to understand the power of the tongue. Bible said in 1 Timothy 5, 13, And with all they learn to be idle, wandering about from house to house, and not only idle, but tattlers also in busy bodies, speaking the things which they ought not. Words get, I'll tell you what will happen. Your words get used against you. The devil will use your words against you. Maybe sometimes they do get twisted. Maybe sometimes they do get taken out of context. Especially the day and age in which we live. Somebody can put you on some kind of social media or something, take 15 or 20 seconds out of something that you've said, and I mean the, the news people will be showing up at your door saying, did you say this? Why did you say this? They don't take it in the context, especially today. So that's why we need to be very, very careful. And it has power to deceive. It says that no man, but the tongue can no man tame. It is an unruly evil, full of deadly poison. I tell you what poison will do. It'll cripple you. It'll paralyze you. It'll hurt you. It'll lame you. And you know what happens with poison? You know it'll knock you out quick. It gets in your system. When you get, and they said it's full of deadly poison. It gets in your system and it starts to wear you down. And you start to get weak. And you start to get weary. You start to get very, very sick. I ask you tonight, how's your relationship with the Lord? How's your relationship with the Lord? And here's how I know how your relationship is with the Lord. You got the right relationship in prayer. I'll tell you what'll happen. You go to talk, uh, the primitives sing that song, Go and tell Jesus on me. 
I can tell how much you've been praying, how much time you've been spending time with God about what your vocabulary is, and yea, who your vocabulary is about. Let's everybody stand tonight.